0: turning to our second segment about an epic labor struggle that has been unfolding in Bessemer, Alabama, where nearly 6,000 Amazon workers finished voting yesterday on whether to form a union. It would be the first Amazon union shop in the United States. The company has poured millions into trying to convince its workers to reject the union, Lauren Gurley is a labor reporter for Vice, who has covered Amazon extensively, and she's also a former indie reporter, and she joins us now to tell us about what she's seen down in Bessemer and the struggle that she's been following. Uh, We've been also following her most recent work with great interest. Lauren, welcome to the show. Hi,
1: good to see you, John, and thank you so much for having me, both of you.
0: Glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, Lauren, you were in Bessemer last week. Can you can you paint a scene for us and kind of tell us about what you saw and heard on the ground? And also, you know, tell us where things stand right now with the election at this moment, as far as we know, after um, the voting period ended.
1: Yeah. So it was actually down in Bessemer, which is a suburb of Birmingham Um, in February and late February for a few days. Um, and basically the scene is that the warehouse pretty rural. Um, and so, and you know, workers commute to work. So the only spot that really organizers with the retail wholesale and department store, department store union had access to talk to these workers was on a small patch of public sidewalk outside of the warehouse. Um, and so, uh, that made it like, I mean, most of the organizing has been going on right there, which is pretty incredible. I think they had 3000 workers sign union authorization cards. Uh, like you said, this warehouse has 6,000, um, employees and it actually only opened, um, about exactly a year ago. Um, so this all, you know, um, sort of came together very quickly, like the momentum behind this union drive was like, uh, hasn't been seen anywhere else in the country ever before. So it's very historic. I think um, the vibe on the ground uh, is that people and members of the community are extremely excited. They have, I mean, if you go down to the union hall, it's just like a constant stream of reporters, politicians, activists, celebrities coming in to show their support. Um, but, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily transfer over to I don't know how how maybe all of the workers are feeling, um, you know, it, it, talking to some workers who maybe weren't super involved with the union drive. I think there's a lot of fear that Amazon's anti-union tactics are really having had a strong effect on workers who, um, you know, maybe didn't don't know what a union is or are young and um, maybe more impressionable to all of these tactics they're using. I'm happy to tell Talk more about the tactics that they used um it was a full blown uh you know anti union campaign so now um the, there was mail in voting that was about 6 weeks and that period ended yesterday and right now as we speak um organizers and uh amazon representatives are counting ballots um at the national labor Uh, relations board offices in Birmingham and so that process could take a really long time. It seems like first they're going to be counting the ballots and then there's going to be a public vote, uh, public watching period where they're, they're going to tally them. Um, so it, it, we, we probably won't know the results this week and we may not even know them next week. It, it, you know, Amazon is such a fiercely anti-union company and they're literally, you know, going to do whatever they can to stop this. So I imagine no matter what the result is, there's going to, there are going to be legal challenges on, 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 you know, either side, depending on how it goes. Um, So this could really stretch out for months into the summer. And
2: and could you talk about uh, some of the anti-union tactics that uh, Amazon uh, pursued? I mean, how how far (laughs) did they go?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's pretty incredible. So they did all the classic things. They were sending workers like text messages every single day telling them reasons not to vote for the union. Um, there are banners displayed all over the warehouse. Um, if you, like the, I didn't go into the warehouse. I wasn't allowed in, but, uh, bathroom stalls are, you know, uh are have like little signs on them explaining you know why they shouldn't vote for the union they held these things called captive audience meetings which are compulsory meetings um where you have to sit for hours listening to consultants talk about why you shouldn't vote for the union I think some of the more um you know Unheard of tactics that are really specific to this location and to show how far Amazon was willing to go is that they ended up changing the timer on a street light outside of the warehouse where that one small patch of sidewalk where organizers were, were doing their work to, to make it a lot harder. Um, for, I mean, the street light was sped up and so now workers only had a few seconds to, to do their, Give their whole speech and spiel, which I think really frustrated a lot of people. They also installed a USPS mailbox um just feet away from the entrance of the building, uh, which workers, you know, say it felt like surveillance. They were texting workers, you should go vote from this mailbox. Well, this election, you know, the nlrb said it's mail in voting, that's not on-site voting. Yet yeah, Amazon is still, you know, trying to found ways to sort of get people to vote on site. Um, I think that could end up being challenged later on down the road as something that was illegal. Um, those are
0: the main things. Right. And I mean, amid all of these sort of, you know, anti-union efforts that in this anti-union campaign that Amazon was pushing, you know, Lauren, when you were down there, you spoke to a lot of organizers who you know, in the time leading up to this voting, you know, union election deadline were really intensely organized. And at the same time, they were dealing with a lot of obstacles. You know, I think uh, you mentioned in one of your articles talking about the challenges around geography in um, in Bessemer and just a lot of other things also amid, you know, the constraints of a pandemic that people were facing. Can you talk about sort of what, You know, what you heard about in terms of, you know, what were, what was the strategy of workers? How were they talking to each other? And, um, just sort of the significance of them, this feat, this, um, you know, that's never happened before. What is the significance of that?
1: Right. So a lot of the organizers is very cool. We're actually, um, Amazon, or sorry, not Amazon, we're actually unionized poultry workers from other parts of Alabama, like Tyson factories. And the union, um, got them, on a special part of their contract to come over and do a lot of the organizing. So, you know, rather than having organizers come from New York City, which is where the union is based, which also happened, it's like a lot of the people who are on the ground doing the work were part of the larger union community labor movement in Alabama. Um, I think one of the things you mentioned, like this happening in a rural place, especially during a pandemic that made it a lot harder was that, you know, usually during a union drive, you'll have... Um, uh, union organizers doing door knocking or, you know, having more access to workers. Um, but because of the pandemic, the union didn't do any door knocking. Um, they're not driving workers to the polls. Um, they're not doing, you know, a lot of the things that unions usually do to get workers to vote. Um, you know, for, for good reason. Um, but I also think because of the geography, like you said, it's, it's rural. It's, it's, it's just like fields and pine forests. And, you know, there's, there aren't pedestrians really walking around outside the warehouse. So, and people live, you know, all over the place. People live in Tuscaloosa, which is a city pretty far to the southwest. Um, people live in Birmingham. People are commuting from all over the place and the shifts are crazy. I mean, you know, the organizers, uh, the shift start, the first shift starts at 3.30 a.m. The organizers are out there all day long, almost, you know, 24 7, um, at dark and in the snow. I mean, it snowed this winter in Alabama. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like, a it's, it's just like they've been there constantly. They're, they're all staying at a hotel, um, um uh, Fairfield Inn, just a mile from the warehouse.
2: Right. And, uh, Lauren, I, I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit here. Um, any prediction on which side will win
1: <laughs> um i am not going to predict right now i think what i will say is that it is going to be and like there's no doubt that the union is the underdog here right like i think if if the union pulls off a victory um you know I mean it's just like a huge uphill battle for the union they're outnumbered or they're you know the amazon outspent them we don't have numbers but i imagine by a lot um amazon is you know willing to do whatever it can and has a lot more financial resources at its fingertips um and i i feel like that has unfortunately been very powerful um so i am not gonna I, I guess i'm not gonna speculate as to who is going to win because i don't really have I don't have that information. I don't have the. I'm sure they're all doing their polling and internal counts. Um, I think that, uh, uh, both outcomes are possible, but I think that it would be, um, you know, pretty shocking and like a, a big thing for the union to pull off a victory here.
2: Just, just
1: be perfectly honest. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. And, And of course this, uh, union drive is taking place in Alabama one of the most conservative anti-union uh, states in the country though of course Birmingham does have a union history with the steel industry and the steel workers in the past but uh, pivoting you know to look beyond Alabama what do you um, see is the impact of um, of the campaign in bessemer on union organizing across the country both in other amazon warehouses and in how the Union movement might be stimulated in in general by this, and we also have a situation where we have a president for the first time in a very long time that's uh come out and said you know emphatically that he supports unions
1: right yeah uh, I think that's a great question and I think it even if they lose um but if they win even more so that it w- could have like a very um intense ripple effect. You know, workers are inspired to organize when they see other workers winning. Um, There's these things sort of happen in waves. Um, during the pandemic, I will say, uh, there has been organizing at Amazon warehouses across the United States in sort of an unprecedented way. People are, you know, we're very upset and rightly so about um, Jeff Bezos uh, making a $100 billion while they're, amazon has cut cut off their hazard pay they cut off their two dollar an hour hazard pay they cut off all these little Perks and you know that that workers were getting because of because of the pandemic. Um, we saw walkouts in the Inland Empire in California and Chicago and Staten Island in New York City, um, and and you know people engaging in sick outs, petition drives, all sorts of things that you know really were pretty. I should mention also workers in in Minnesota, Somali workers in the Twin Cities were very active, um, and before the pandemic that was pretty rare. Um, Now that you have, meanwhile, these Amazon warehouse workers in Alabama organizing, I think that creates even more momentum. And the union has had thousands of people reach out, workers reach out to them, expressing interest in unionizing since this drive started. So I think... Either direction the election goes, this is already having a huge effect, inspiring effect on workers for these large retailers like Amazon, not just Amazon. So you have like Target isn't unionized, Walmart isn't unionized, Costco isn't unionized. None of the big box stores or most of the big box stores are not unionized. Um, and so I think it could have a very big effect there. But, you know, the, the labor movement, despite enthusiasm from, from, you know, the leftist community is really still in like sharp decline. So, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, this could, you know, potentially, um, you know, sort of shape the future of the labor movement too. And sort of, yeah.
0: Yeah, right. And Lauren, I mean, he, taking things in looking at uh, the organizing of Amazon workers here in New York. Um, last year, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, there was a work stoppage. And uh, Chris Smalls, who had worked at Amazon for five years, was fired shortly after helping to organize this. And uh, we have a clip here from him that we're going to play sort of speaking to uh, the significance of that time and also his his and other workers standing in solidarity with the union drive in Alabama.
2: In solidarity with the workers of Bessemer, uh, one year
1: to the day of my firing out here last year, I was protesting on health and safety concerns. And this year, I'm back with my organization, tcoew the Congress of the City Workers full of Amazon employees, former or current, and we're still out there fighting
0: that good fight to unionize all across the nation. Lauren, your comments and sort of thinking about this, you know, this moment uh, last year, um, the, you know, the backlash from Amazon and sort of what that solidarity means now. And of course, you know, the challenges ahead. Yeah,
1: um I mean during the pandemic there have been so many workers like Chris Smalls who have protested and staged walkouts and been retaliated retaliated against fired um sort of for for uh their union activity which is um illegal although I don't think um Chris Smalls uh case I'm not sure what happened with it, I, but there are so many other cases where workers um, in the NLRB did an investigation and found out that that what happened was illegal. And so I think, um, you know, going forward, what's really important um, for people who don't know about the PRO Act, which is just passed the House but is now sitting in Senate, is, um, you know, a, a set of laws that would really uh, make it a lot easier for workers in the United States to join unions and workers who are Retaliated against like Chris Malls, um, to, to, uh, for, for them to receive justice and for, for these companies to actually face real penalties for, for doing those sorts of things. Um, so I think that's definitely something that I'm keeping an eye on, um, and that I think is really important. And, you know, yeah, I mean, Chris Malls, um, really, uh, sort of, um, inspired in the way that Amazon what's going on in Alabama did uh, inspired a lot of workers um, around the country to stage protests at their warehouses. And I just don't, I don't see that slowing down because even though the pandemic is sort of coming to maybe to closer to an end as people are getting vaccinated, um, I think that at least talking to workers, there is a lot of anger. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of, um There's a sense that, uh, you know, things are very dire. And so workers are willing to speak out in a way that they weren't before this happened.
0: Right. And uh, I mean, thinking about this sort of, um, you know, there is this inspiration and sort of nationwide movement and uh, enthusiasm around union drives. But at the same time, there still is this sort of, um, hesitancy of the broader, you know, American public around unions. You know, only 65% of Americans support union unions now, but um which is an increase from sort of the 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 de- decrease in the decades um uh in the late decades of the 20th century but now only 10% of workers are in a union. Um your your comment on that statistic?
1: Yeah I think I mean I would say that the 65 65- Percent Approval rating unions have is, I mean, it is, I think it's a 23 year high. I think there's a very big disconnect here. 65% of workers maybe want to be in unions, but only 10% are. Um, you know, I think it's worth asking you know it's it's maybe not that workers have negative feelings towards unions, but the laws themselves that make it so difficult for people to unionize um you know the n l r the n l r a the national labor relations Act of nineteen thirty six um gives workers the right to to form unions and to act to engage in concerted activity uh free of retaliation, but really they're just It's, it's just such a weak law and there have been so much, there has been so much gutting of labor laws in this country that were already sort of weak. Um, that I think that uh, you know, what's really preventing people is a sense that, you know, the the laws are stacked against them, but also there's just sort of a feeling that like even if I wanted to unionize, it would be such a hard task because you're up against an employer who can retaliate against you. And the and the biggest sort of penalty for them is probably just like, I don't know, it's like literally a slap on the wrist. They're very the most of the times employers don't get fined for things like this. Maybe it's a bad, bad uh, bad news, um, sorry, bad like media coverage, but I think that's really about it. Um.
0: Right. Well, Lauren, I think we'll have to leave it there, but thanks so much, Lauren Gurley, labor reporter for Vice. Thank you for joining us today.